Howdy, Clipper fans. It's me, nice. the opinion uptake. And I'm positive, Chuck Mock. Are you doing off-season howdies now? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm actually, I am a fan of a howdy. I'm also just buzzing. We have a great guest oh on today's God. episode. What? Uh, yeah. That I'm, I'm, I mean, I can say it now, right? Yeah, we absolutely can say it. It's going to be on <laughs> the next like four episodes or so. Uh, we got to do an interview with Ralph Lawler, which as a fan <laughs> is like, I don't know. It was so incredible. Just, uh, so It was amazing. So thank you so much to Ralph for being yes. available for that. Yes. Uh, that's going to be our second segment today. We're going to kick things off with a season grade. We're going to be doing these for players um, over the next few days. Today, it's going to be Kawhi, yeah. uh, his postseason grade, uh, as well as we'll talk about kind of his general season overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, as I alluded to, get that great interview with the incomparable Ralph Lawler. Part one also, so stay tuned. There's I think four? I don't know. We talked for a, a while. <laughs> it, it was it was really, really incredible. So yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to share that with you. Also, in case you guys didn't know, we are Locked on Clippers, part of the Locked on NBA Network. Yes. We're bringing you Clippers news five days a week. Hell yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've already teased this whole episode. I, you can clearly tell I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, we're going to be wrapping things up with some shavings and a classic Love, Mary quarantine. So please stay tuned for all of that and more. You are Locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so we are, uh, you know, going over Kawhi's postseason grade. Things didn't end as you know well as we obviously all wanted them to, not for the fault of Kawhi, I don't think. Um, well, last game. Uh, there was some issues, but, you know, there were some issues even uh, why we were in that last game. But, yeah, so just his stats really quick. Kawhi Leonard in the 20, the 20 whatever year they're calling these playoffs. Um, 19 to 20. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, 21, 24. Um, he averaged 28 points, nine rebounds, five and a half assists, and 2.3 steals in 39 minutes a game. He shot 49% from the field, 33% from three, and 86 from the line. He was a plus 1.9 net rating, and he had one middle finger block. Elite numbers. Pretty good. Oh, wow. What's, whoa. Those are, those are fantastic. So I, I, I loved a lot of what Kawhi did. Um, it, was still, it, it was still elite. It was still up there. Um, before I even get into my actual letter grade, a, a huge knock for me. Yeah. Soccer it's just, um, <laughs> I just think with the composition of this team, right, um, all year long, he needed to be the guy that was the leader. Um, yeah. And I'm really having a hard time kind of seeing past that. Because uh, it's, it's, it's not that the play wasn't good. Clearly, the play was very good. Elite. Um, I just don't think that he ever became – that guy i don't i don't think that he ever became the leader in a sense where um you know he was there were definitely moments where he was making everyone better around him yeah uh but i i still just i didn't see the leadership i guess is what i'm saying i did not see the leadership i think a collapse in in three back-to-back games clearly there's a lot of factors at play there for sure um I, I do think that there was sort of a lack of leadership there. And I think if you're going to come into a franchise um, and, and demand a, a, you know, dem- demand a trade, uh, demand the future of a franchise, 
uh, I, I do think that you should be prepared to, to shoulder that um, mm-hmm. in a way that while I think his play was great, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not slandering Kawhi anyway. Uh, I don't think that he did ever feel comfortable uh, with the position or step up to the position of, of being that leader, like that, that full leader for this team. I think the comfort thing, I agree with what you're saying with the comfort thing. There were so many ins and outs with the starting lineups. You know, we were set, you know, I, we didn't set the record again, but we probably would have for her, you know, the most different starting lineups having to be used. I think the comfortability thing, I think that's a leg- very legitimate point. Um, you know, there's clips of him kind of being frustrated uh, with how some people weren't passing the ball and stuff like that. And I think that kind of lead by example vibe really gets put under the microscope in the playoffs when say when so like games five and six right he was leading by example but no one could get it done so there's that thing of and I'm I'm agreeing because like the leading by example is great but there also might have to be that extra oomph it's not enough like to me looking at this roster um it's not enough in that you know we don't have we don't have the other guy. Like we don't have the other alpha in a sense that everyone on the team is like, this guy's calling out what happens. You know, Patrick Beverly can definitely be that guy in moments. And last year uh, we had Lou. It was Lou. It was basically three people. It was Lou, Trez, and Bev, kind of. Definitely, but it was also like a younger team in a completely different composition of guys. So I think that you know, obviously, man, we see this time and time again, right? Like different players are going to react to different leadership styles. Yeah. Um, and I think that's totally fair. Uh, but I do, like my only knock on Kawhi is that I do feel as though he wasn't willing or, or, or didn't feel comfortable to really step up into that position, if that makes sense. No, I totally get that. Well, the, the play was great. Don't get me yeah, wrong. No, I, I'm, in, uh, yeah. I'm in no way disparaging the play. He is an elite player. Clearly one of the top five in the NBA, top three. Yeah. Uh, but we just – there's other things that go into a team winning um, in the playoffs than, than just play, if that makes sense. And I know that no, sounds stupid, but it, it's just true. Yeah, and it, it felt like – I mean, you know, now that we've been a couple more days removed from the pain of uh, these playoffs, it felt like, you know, his first year with the team, right? Like, it felt very, very much, much like so. year one with a new team. Um, very much so. So what would you grade his postseason? Um, I'm probably going to go B minus. B minus? I was going to go B plus. Probably going to go B minus. Uh, and once again, my grading scale is essentially C <laughs> is, is, you know, stayed the same. Uh, anything below that is – <laughs> they did not improve. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm willing to go like a, a B minus, maybe a maybe a solid B because I do think that Kawhi was able to step up his passing. Um, his yeah, He would have had a lot more assists too if we pulled to hit shots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, he was definitely able to step up his passing. Uh, he did improve areas of his game. I do think that there, the defensive intensity wasn't necessarily always there. But once again, when he's – carrying such a heavy burden on the offensive end there's really only so much energy that you can exert um but yeah like the biggest knock for me still is just man there's a difference between being the best player on a team and being the leader of a team and unfortunately for him we needed him to be both 
That's a good call. And, it, and we needed it in such a weird environment as well, right? Like we needed it in the craziest playoff environment um, ever. So Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think the B range is fair. I gave him a B plus just because like, I mean, those games five and six, it was just, if we would have advanced in games five and six, the momentum that Kawhi had offensively was just insane. Um, the, play, the play was stellar up until that yeah. last game, uh, up until that last game, which I, you know, at the same time, man, like, you know, it goes into the, you can only exert so much energy. And I think by that game seven, um, he had, you know, he had given pretty much everything that he had. Um, yeah. and, and, and once again, it's not a knock on him. It's just like, it's just different. It's different, but like playing very well on the court I, is still different than leading a team. Um, yeah. And I, I think that we need to do that. And the Kawhi slander online right now is crazy. Like, I, have not been paying atten- I, I have not been paying attention. Good for you. Um, Twitter has been absurd with it. Uh, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is just due to the fact that Kawhi doesn't publicly talk about any of that stuff. I think people Definitely. are, I think it's generally people wanting to get a reaction out of him, but that's just not going to happen. Um, I mean, he does not have Twitter, so. So here's not the thing. Get a reaction. Do you think he has burners? Do you think he just browses? I do not, all? man. I do not. Yeah, I, I was trying to think, think about it because like, I was like, a lot of play- So a lot of players like have burners and have said mm-hmm. they do. Um, yeah, of course. Kevin Durant said that he felt bad that he let people shame him out of deleting his burners because he yeah. loves his burners. Yeah, I love that sentiment. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I mean PG absolutely has burners trez literally tweeted out his own burner account at one point um oh yeah and then deleted it i think which i was like yeah dude that's why you don't quote tweet your own burner account um but yeah it's pretty i mean i hope Kawhi is you know enjoying his time off right now i I don't think he's seeing the slander um he is not i cannot think of a person who could possibly care less about what people on the internet think about other people hundred percent. Um, but yeah, so I think he's that, not spreading any washed Qu- King <laughs> yeah. narrative next year. He's, he's not, not going to be like washed Kawhi. They said, they, who said washed Kawhi? He's going to be like, he's going to post a video of him in a hyperbolic chamber or whatever. Um, yeah. So I think the, I think the B range hyperbolic is chamber. Well, cause LeBron posted that. He like posted I that. I don't think thing. you mean hyperbolic, my man, whatever it is, dude. <laughs> um, an iron long. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I think the B range is fair. Um, I think it's hard to give him an A, just especially from that game seven. Like it's just it's just too hard to ignore that second half. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, you know, tough game. Once again, he had expended a ton of energy. But yeah, we needed the leadership. And then I don't know. Yeah, I I do feel like at times he was just too passive. Yep. Um, let us know your thoughts on the Kawhi postseason grade. A lot of people said we should have given Doc Rivers an F for his postseason grade. Um, which I almost did, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, coming up after this break, we got we got Ralph Lawler hanging out. Uh, we did an interview with him. We chopped it up a bit. So, yeah, that's coming up next. All right. So, here is part one of, I don't know, four, maybe five, um, of our talk with Ralph Lawler. All right. Yeah, so uh, now we are lucky enough um, to be joined by a Clippers legend, uh, Ralph Lawler. Ralph, how, how are you? Uh, I'm doing just fine, guys. It's good to see you both. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a been a pretty tough couple of days uh, for Clipper Nation. Uh, now that we've had some days to kind of, uh, you know, process, I guess, or try our best to process what happened. Uh, what, uh, you know, how did you feel after that game seven, and how did it kind of affect uh, the expectations you maybe had for the Clippers this year? 
Well, I, I think my expectations were not what a lot of people's were. What's interesting, fellas, is, you know, I'm up in Bend, Oregon now, and a thousand miles removed. And in some ways, I can see more clearly than I could when I was in the midst of the trees, so to speak, uh, surrounded by the players, going to practices and seeing the dedication of the players and the coaches, uh, and then, then hearing all the hype. You, you get you get caught up in it. You just do. And I, I did all those years. I know that the that uh, Brian Seaman got caught up in it this year. I could hear it. And I would think, oh, my God, Brian, that, that's just not the way it is. Not, I'm not being critical of Brian at all because I was the exact same way for 40 years. But you're just so much a part of it. Uh, it it's one of the uh, uh, liabilities, I think, of being a team broadcaster you know, rather than doing network sports where you, you aren't invested uh, in the team. But when you are, and it's impossible not to be, when you're uh, a team broadcaster, whatever the sport, uh, it, it's just unavoidable. But I could see more clearly, and I, I never thought this was uh, uh, a real championship team this year. You always have a chance. You get into the playoffs, somebody else you know, sprains an ankle or something, mm -hmm. but uh, I didn't think their chances were good uh, to win a championship. Some thought it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And, uh, I certainly uh, did not think that. I didn't even necessarily think it was, uh, of, of all the Clipper teams, the one that had the best chance to win a championship over the years. Oh, interesting. What team uh, do you kind of liken to having the best chances to have won a championship at some point? I think Doc's first team uh, here, which I think was 12-13, they won 57 games. Uh, they were uh, probably deeper than even this year's uh, Clipper team. And they were 100% together. The chemistry was perfect all along. And uh, it was the crazy year that uh, Donald Sterling took his last chance at destroying any chances the Clippers had of being good. And uh, they still persevered, and they, and they won the series amazingly in uh, Golden State, which was an incredible accomplishment in right in the midst of the uh, Sterling uh, debacle, and uh, went on to be 2-2 against Oklahoma City, uh, led the Thunder by, I think it was seven points of 45 seconds to go in game five in OKC. They win that, they come home, they wrap it up, and they're in the conference finals uh, against, I think it would have been San Antonio. And uh, they, they would have had like a great chance to uh, go on to the finals that year against Miami. But uh, it, it didn't happen. Uh, and it, it, it never has happened beyond, beyond that point. And I'm not stunned that it didn't this year. I thought Dallas gave them a hell of a battle, and uh, they got out of that. And uh, I knew that Denver series is going to be be murder, and it was. I think Denver is a better team. Been together a lot longer. Was there anything um, you kind of voiced your support for this team and the excitement that I think everybody had when uh, we got Kawhi last July? Yeah. Was there anything that oh, yeah. kind of stuck out to you about this team maybe being incomplete or or any sort of issues you you could see from it? You know, from afar. Yeah, I, I think they need uh, more talent at the point guard position. And to say that 
uh, which you know, casts a, a, a dark light on, on one of my favorite players of all time, Patrick Beverly, is, is hard to do. But uh, Patrick's fire in the belly was unmatched and uh, a, such a prize. Last year, I mean, last year's team never would have gotten the playoffs without uh, the spirit of, of Patrick Beverly. And that team was so much fun to watch because every win was almost unexpected and hard-earned always. They, they never took uh, a playoff all season long. So they were really fun. And Pat was a large part uh, of that. But but now at, at this point where you are saying it's championship or bust, and that clearly is what it was for this team, they, they did not bring uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in so that they could go out in the second round. And uh, uh, I just think that when you look at their, their starting five, that's a position where you could say they could use an upgrade just skill-wise at the offensive end uh, as a playmaker, as a scorer, as a guy who get his own shot uh, or what have you. Uh, and maybe more, more length, both offensively and defensively. Uh, and I, I, I don't know where, where or if that's available, but <laughs> it probably is available. That uh, They have one uh, pretty good sized exception to use uh, in this short uh, off season. And uh, they have the ability to make trades. I would be very surprised, but what they don't have somebody new uh, at that position next year. And I say that and it pains me because I love Patrick so much. Yeah. You, mother. <laughs> you mentioned kind of the trades. Um, I think, you know, the most shocking thing for this team was, you know, including Shea and that Paul George trade um, <laughs> and like the extreme identity shift for the team uh, seemed kind of difficult to deal with from going, you know, kind of from plucky underdogs to now, you know, they were Vegas favorites right out the gate. Um is uh, was Shea? Do you miss seeing Shea? I know a lot of Clipper Nation is bummed that Shea's not on the good, team. Here, here I go again. No, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I was not a big Shea fan. Uh, I don't think he's either a point guard or a shooting guard. He's he's an in between uh, kind of a guard, mm -hmm. and I, I don't think he is uh, would ail what what cures of the Lakers. I think they sure could have used Gallinari this year. Uh, yes. But, uh, uh, and they could use those five first round draft picks uh, <laughs> somewhere down the line too, I'm sure, uh, as, as you look back. But uh, they, they still got these two guys as, as a building block. Uh, I, I'm just guessing. And I, you know, I, I talk to Doc uh, once a month or so, but it's largely personal when we talk. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so I don't have any inside information on, on, on what they're thinking. Uh, but I, I would imagine, to me, the, the one guy who's untradeable is Kawhi. Uh, everybody else, I would think, uh, could be involved in a trade talk if somebody says, hey, I, I need that a big center. I like your big guy. Or, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I, just take your pick of, of anybody on the roster outside of Kawhi. Uh, I would think that there could be a lot of reshuffling. They may think, let's just let's just upgrade the point guard position and, and go back and bring back as many of these guys as we can. I, I, I just don't know. But I'm, I'm not smart enough to know what they should do. But uh, I, I suspect they will certainly want to uh, improve at that one position.
or five physicians, one physician. At, at this point, I think it's. Uh, oh, I was just going to say. Um, at this point, do you think the Clippers ha have shaken the curse? Did that? Do you think that disappeared with the the, the end of the Donald Sterling era, or is that uh, is the curse still alive and, and well in your eyes? I, I don't believe in curses. I think that is so absurd. <laughs> but everybody talks about it, and 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 Bill Plaschke, who I uh, admire, and uh, he's, a, he's a good friend, but he loves to write about the curse. <laughs> well, it was today or yesterday, there he was again, all over the place with. Uh, the, the curse stuff. I mean, that's absurd. Uh, I mean, do you believe in ghosts? I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, the, the earth isn't flat. I mean, all the, the, there is no such thing as a curse. Uh, there certainly is no separate curse. These, these players don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about it. They have no relationship to, to what happened, all those uh, dismal uh, Sterling slipper years. Uh, maybe it's fun to talk about on podcasts or on talk radio. <laughs> and 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 Plasky obviously loves it, but uh, and and fans use it as an excuse, I guess. It it is interesting. I feel like there's been this kind, you know, there's a lot of Schadenfreude with this Clippers uh, team losing. What do you think? Why do you think people seem to be so happy to see this team lose kind of all the time? This year we had the, the you know, the, the press behind this, but what do you think makes people just inherently have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to the Clippers? I, I think it's because there's so damn many Laker fans. <laughs> I mean, the, the Laker fans are just awful. I mean, uh, I mean, after, when, when I was doing the ball games, after I would tweet something after every Clipper win or loss, uh, and I would just get deluged with nasty, mean, vile, uh, you know, you senile old fart. <laughs> I said, what? I just said, hey, the Clippers had a really good game. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I would, you go check and check their profile, and it was a diehard Laker fan. I say, yeah, I'm not, that's a real surprise. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the only explanation I had. Uh, I think in, in the Lob City days, the guys uh, were, were kind of cocky and they complained to referees a lot. And I think that uh, turned some fans around the country, you know, off on the team and and made them kind of find some joy in uh, their super struggles. But uh, that's not a curse. That's just a fact. <laughs> you talked a little bit about uh, interacting with Lakers fans. Was it ever difficult or uh, living in, in the city and being a prominent uh, Clippers figure in sort of hostile territory? It was tough at the very beginning, guys. Uh, we came here in 84, and I, I would put on a Clipper cap like yours, although my logo was right side up. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, uh, or, or wear a clipper t-shirt, uh, you know, go to the drugstore, go to the grocery store, and people would say, what's a clipper? And you'd go, holy crying out loud. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hot shot working in the second biggest market in the country and an NBA team, and they're saying, what's a clipper? Uh, that was kind of disheartening. Uh, I mean, nobody, nobody knew who they were, and... Uh, when they discovered it, they didn't like it because the team was awful in the 1980s and, and much of the 90s. Uh, 
so it the the early years were 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 a struggle uh you were not in the shadow of the lakers you were you didn't even exist basically but uh and i always i hated to go to the to LAX, you'd go into the, the see the, the the stores there, and there'd be Laker jerseys, and there'd be Dodger gear and caps, and you couldn't find Clipper stuff anywhere. Well, th that has uh, to a large degree changed happily, and uh, uh, the Clippers are going to always be second to the Lakers as long as any of us are alive. <laughs> but uh, uh, second place in LA is not a bad place to be. Uh, you, you still got uh, numerically more fans than uh, probably 25 of the 30 teams in the league because uh, this is a big, big marketplace. There's plenty of room for, for all. That's why we have two of everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, of course, sports wise, which is really pretty remarkable. Uh, you mentioned kind of the, the tough times in the 90s. Is there any, like, is there a game that sticks out at maybe being, you know, maybe the emptiest stadium that you've been calling a game in? Well, the old the old sports arena, yeah. the only sports arena was notorious for being empty. Yeah. Uh, th th there were times, I swear to God, where I, I felt like I had to broadcast like a, uh, like a golf announcer. <laughs> Because I didn't want to, you know, annoy the fans in the stands across the way, or or, or the players on the court, uh, they would sometimes announce five thousand, and you go, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could have, I could have counted the the people uh, in a in a scant few minutes, but uh, and I used to go there, and whoever my color commentator, I I try and say, what the hell are these people doing here? I mean, what prompted somebody to say, I'm going to drive through traffic downtown Los Angeles for a game at 730 with the Clippers and, uh, the, you know, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, and yet there they were. So God loved those people. And Frankie Munoz used to be there like just about every night, the Malcolm in the Middle guy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Billy Crystal discovered us uh, there. Uh, James L. Brooks, the famed TV or motion picture uh, producer, director, writer, uh, screenwriter, uh, discovered us right there from, from day one. Uh, it's, and you say, why are they here? <laughs> but, uh, God love them, they were. And uh, it, was, it was a trying time, but it was a part of the experience that, uh, that, that, I, that I, I treasure the whole experience all 40 years that I had there. And I enjoyed every game. All right. That was so amazing to interview Ralph. Like that was, that's a life highlight right wow. there. If you're listening, thank you again, Ralph. That was yes. uh, a delight. It was fantastic. It was so wonderful. Um, Monday we'll have part two. So don't miss that. Um, it, yeah. Just, you know, talking all, all things clips. It's just a fantastic time. Um, coming up after this, we are going to be checking in on an X clipper uh, and playing some love, Mary quarantine. But first will built bars, you know, what, what are they? Built Bars are a fitness bar. They've Love recently it. been improved. They're more delicious than before. Fantastic. They come in 18 flavors. That's Can a lot. Can you imagine? 18 flavors. Yeah. Uh, all of them are covered in 100% chocolate. The bars are soft and easy to chew. They're heavy. They're great for the health-conscious person. 
Uh, you can lose or maintain weight while, in, while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie. They're low sugar, high protein, high fiber. So mm. they're great for the keto diet or any diet you may be on. Uh, I'm and on the a thing lot is, of diets. The thing is, right now, we got a special offer for our listeners. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. One more time, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order. Okay, welcome to Shavings slash X Clippers check-in. Um, uh-huh. I was just browsing uh, Instagram, you know, being bored as hell. Uh, Tobias Harris is in Napa Valley enjoying some wine. Good for Tobias Harris. Nothing wrong with that. Seemed like no one was there. Seemed like a very safe environment. Looked like he was doing some blind taste tests. Which Have you been to Napa at all? I've never been to Napa. <laughs> so, I... It's very funny. Yes, I have a, a couple of times. Uh, okay. It's very funny to me because it's like it, it's it's kind of empty. Um, it's you know it's it's reasonably secluded. Yeah. Um, and there's like <laughs> just the dichotomy of there being like super high end stuff, and then like I mean some some good old fashioned rednecky fun that I think that you would love. That's like um, I love redneck stuff. So it's uh, it's definitely an interesting mix. And I don't mean this as any sort of slander. I mean this only as compliments to Napa. It's it's fun. Yeah, if anyone from Napa Valley has any beef with Will, come, come down to Los Angeles and you guys can settle it. Come down. Bring a couple of Pinots. Come down. We'll talk about <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, and I was thinking, you know, we love Tobias Harris. He helps the Clippers get to where we are right now in terms of just everything. Um, You're damn straight. But I'll tell you one thing I'm happy about. What's that? We are not the ones who are paying him $36 million a year, which makes me feel good. So shout out to him. We offered, you know, we offered him four for 80. It didn't work out, which makes total sense. He's going to get a crazy offer, but he's making more than Paul George. Not by a crazy amount, but that's a lot. Yeah, so, so man, here's the thing. Here's the thing that kind of sucks, right? Is it's not like it. I, I mean, in a lot of ways, contracts aren't fully merit-based, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, like to, no. <laughs> Tobias' Tobias's situation, he was traded with the bird rights. Um, you know, he, he did end up making an all-star team. So he was entitled to get, you know, that uh, money. Uh, that, that money. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really hard for, I mean, a, a, a Tobias, but any player sort of, in that realm that's not you know like a top five guy yeah um that's a lot of money man it's a lot of money it's to pay anybody of money. <laughs> and i think it's really hard to in any way objectively view the performance of a player when they're getting that much money and let me say this it's an unmovable contract yes and let me say this as well how is it the player's fault that they're getting paid oh not his yeah not <laughs> like, at all Sixers how is that like, his, yeah, we don't want to pay him that either <laughs> how is that his fault um yeah. so i think i think that's really tough to deal with but you know huge shout out to bias he i mean he way overperformed the player that i i think that oh, yes. detroit thought that they were giving us in that trade yeah. um and he really set the stage to get the clippers to what they are now which even though as of a couple days ago might seem a little bleak hey we're still doing pretty darn good Listen to what Ralph said. The team's still in a great place, you know? Think about back 10 years. Um, 
All right, let's get into this Love Mary quarantine. Also, shout out to Tobias, Tobias Harris. Hope the trip to Napa was a good time. Um, love you, Toby. I wonder if he's listening. Probably not. Um, I know he is. I love you, Toby. Okay. Uh, so Patrick Patterson posted his collection of comic books on Instagram, which is absurdly large. I know he's uh-huh. a very he's a very wealthy person. Um, uh-huh. It makes sense. What is what are you doing? Um, but this had me thinking for Love Mary quarantine. What could uh-huh. some other Clippers be collecting? Okay. Uh, first up, we have Avitsa Zubats. Pretzels from every arena to give to his brother as Christmas gifts. I think that's a very logical thing. His brother old loves pretzel? pretzels. His brother loves pretzels. Old? No, they're in, he they're loves in, uh, old pretzels? They're in sealed bags. <laughs> He's back right. sealing them in the locker room after the game. Um, I'm going to tell you, in my mind, you've had one pretzel, you've had them all. The I only mean, difference is the dip. We should talk to Zoo's brother about this. Um, Only difference is the dip. I wonder if he'd come on the pod. Um, Kawhi Leonard collecting seashells that he puts in his beach room, which is full of classic beach art, like weird things that say like, you know, uh, I don't like live, laugh, beach or something like that. And there's also sand everywhere <laughs> inside it's the- like a clock with no numbers that just says who cares yeah exactly and Kawhi has a big wall of seashells that he places every single one just one okay it's beautiful um and All right. then the last one i had because this one just made me laugh patrick beverly train conductor hats <laughs> i don't get it just oldie time big train conductor hats that's a good time uh i'm gonna toss in the the thing let's go uh landry shamit's Stamps and lamps. Ooh, uh, I can see a, that. Yeah, it's a mixed collection. Obviously, there's uh, antique lamps from a myriad of eras, and then of course stamps, just probably dating back to the Pony Express days. I think that he's a dedicated stamp collector. That's a good call. Yes, I'm actually. I'm gonna go ahead and love that one right off the bat. I love the <laughs> idea of Landry Shamit and his mom opening their lamp and stamp room and just just admiring. Um, well, you and I also have a, a mutual friend who has a closet full of lamps, which I don't, I don't even know if it qualifies as a collection. It's not. But it is a closet full of lamps. That's exactly what it is. It's a <laughs> closet. <laughs> I don't think it's a collection. Um, I'm going to marry uh, Kawhi in the beach room because I oh, think... Oh, I couldn't this, agree more. Because I, I don't see him marry as going I mean, to the beach guy. He just wants he, to enjoy the beach by himself. He loves the idea of the beach. He loves the culture. You know, he loves maybe like a bad Pinot Grigio and a trashy book or something. He's just hanging out that Definitely. Um, And then I'm going to quarantine. Man, I guess I got a, I like the train conductor hat thing for Pat Bev because I would love it if he just had a fun little thing he did that no one else knew about. He's like, I got to be so tough all the time. I would like it more if it was like, I would like it more if it was just the model trains like Bobby from Sopranos. RIP. Hope he doesn't go out like that. Um, but I and I think I'm gonna I think I'm actually gonna quarantine the pretzels idea because I think after like year four of getting pretzels from his brother, Zeus' brother would be like, "Dude, I know how much money you make. Like, give me more than pretzels." He'd also be like, "You know, every pretzel is actually the same. The dip is the only thing that <laughs> changes." I was listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for sure, I, I I'm pretty similar. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, love Andrew Shamit. Lamps and stamps. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to marry the Kawhi seashore thing. And then... Life's a beach. Just a bunch of posters that say that. 
Glyce Beach, man. And then I got to uh, quarantine the train conductor hats. Man, oh Pat, it'd be crazy if Pat Bev actually did have a. It's it's the that. same thing as the pretzel thing in that there's only one type of train conductor hat. I feel like there's different patches from different areas on the front of the hat. I have done some no research for this. There, <laughs> there is not. My estranged father, my estranged father works on the railroad. Not a lot of variants in the hats. Pat Bev ever show up? In Cold Strip? Um, Not that I know of. I'll have to ask him, though. Cold Strip seems like a Pat Bev town. Um, anything else in shavings you want to talk about? I'm still buzzing off this Ralph interview. This was fun. Um, we, again, we're going to have uh, part two of that on Monday's episode. Uh, if you're a close friend of ours, like Carl Tart, maybe you've already heard the whole thing. Who knows? Um, Monday's episode. Actually, one person has ho- heard the whole thing. <laughs> I know. Uh, again, part two of our talk with Ralph Lawler on Monday's episode. We're going to be grading PG's postseason, which had <laughs> some ups and downs. And then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, hopefully it's not uh, anything too crazy. Uh, we want to thank everyone for still sticking with us. We've also had a few tweets from some Raptors fans who said they love listening to the pod. They listened to it out of some schadenfreude uh, just to see how much pain we were in, which is fair. Uh, but, yeah, respect to the Raptors fans who've you know said what's up. Yeah, thank you so much. I honestly thank you to anyone who's listening. We truly love bringing Clippers news five days a week, uh, and we hope that other people are getting something out of it too. Hundred um, percent. If you like us, you can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, uh, Google the, Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Pods, uh, Bloomberg Pods, uh, Bernie Pods. The, Bernie Pods are free. Um, yeah, leave a review. Uh, tell your friends to listen if they want something uh, to listen to. Um, I also think I got to give a shout out. I think a Nuggets fan listened to our pod too in a Schadenfreud way and they were nice about it on Twitter. So that's great. Um, oh, well, thank you. Also, yeah. way to go on the win. You deserve it. Yeah, I'm, please uh, beat the shit out of the Lakers. Um, fingers crossed. Let's go Nuggets <laughs> Heat Finals. There we go. Um, I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. Hey, we really appreciate you.